0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sam Dever podcast, episode 53. In this episode, I speak with Scott Trost. Scott is the executive director of the Meisner Institute. I met Scott through the Playhouse West acting community here in Los Angeles, which is a Meisner acting technique school. So with the Meisner Institute, Scott and his team teach this Meisner technique all over the world, which I think is fascinating. And it was a true treat to have him come on talk to us about what he does, and just get to know Scott better. And he's a fascinating individual, and we had been talking about doing this for a while, so I'm really glad we were able to find a date before he jet sets around the world once again. And I have to give Scott an extra thank you because he drove here in pouring rain, which it doesn't often happen here in Los Angeles, but the one night we did this, it did. So, Thank you, Scott, <laughs> for going the extra mile for us. And the book of the episode is actually a book Scott co-wrote called Da Tree a Wee. James Carville and Scott Trost. It is based upon Sandy Meisner, his longtime partner, James Carville, and their adopted son, Baloo, and their life and how they all met and their stories. And I have not read the full book yet, but I've started to read it. And it's it's fascinating. It's really cool to learn more of the life of these three individuals, especially Sandy and someone that had given so much to the acting community to get a behind-the-scenes look of his life. So, book of the episode, Duh, Tree, Awee, by James Carville and Scott Trost. If you listen to the podcast, be sure to listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to watch the podcast be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at the Sam Dever podcast. Here's my conversation with Scott.
1: Scott. Scott Trost. Scott Trost. Welcome to the Sam Dever podcast. Well, thank you, <laughs> Sam. You know, I saw you the other night at that show. and Yeah. I just I mean, it was just such... My wife was saying, do you think we'll see anybody we know? And I said, I'm sure, you know, probably not because yes. it's been a while. There you were, so... It's funny because yeah. I
0: even told my girlfriend like I thought I was going to run into everyone there like oh yeah. I'm going to
1: see so many people I yeah. know
0: I get there I know no one <laughs> no idea yeah.
1: yeah that's usually how it goes he says. yeah
0: and then all of a sudden a couple of people get in come oh I know you yeah, yeah. I'm like oh it's Scott it's oh me. podcast yes we're going to do this <laughs> were you ever in my class
1: no so I never I never had an exercise where I said something to you
0: nope we're positively. clean. <laughs> There is no resentment. <laughs> i coming. We. Uh, I remember talking to you a lot, but I really got to connect with you is, uh at one of the 120-hour film festivals. Oh yeah, uh, you were working with Gar. Oh, okay. Uh, More and uh, Chris Chris G- uh, Gatto.
1: Okay. Gap. Uh, G- yeah. G- Gapo.
0: Gapo. And, yeah, yeah. uh Yeah. You guys, I loved your film. You guys did. For that, do you remember it? Uh, <laughs> I do,
1: but I don't think the rest of people liked it that much.
0: Oh, <laughs> but, so thank you. No, I really liked it. I thought it was very well done. I think it was it was the Hitchcock one, wasn't it? Was that we
1: Hitchcock? did a it was the Alien thing. They were they were uh, wandering yeah. around on Earth and uh, they were taking some hostage back wherever whatever planet they were from. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that was yeah. good. Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, we I I loved it. I thought it was a great little piece, but but kind of strange and off. Center. Yeah. Um, so thank you. People just weren't ready for it. You know, <laughs> the, right, art, yeah. the art was yeah. just too advanced. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, we had these like, you know, we did those, you know, camera shots where we just, a stationary camera and then you're just, people are kind of walking through it and it's, you know, and, and it, so the concept was great. But when, when you saw it, it was, it looked pretty boring. <laughs> um, again, unless you kind of yeah. fell into it.
0: It was a very unique concept. That's what I remember. I really liked the concept because I felt you guys took, you know, when you think alien movies, it has to be huge technology and spaceships. But like just that's credit to the acting and the writing that was in that. It's like, oh, wow. Like, oh, you can you can bring across those strong concepts in very simple ways of done correctly.
1: Uh, I'm so glad you're mentioning the movie making um, that we both were a part of. You know, when I first started at Playhouse West, which is where we met, mm-hmm. um, this was before the digital age. Mm. And I remember um, just feeling like we were all stuck. You know, I, I did some work in the business. I've had mm-hmm. some TV and film stuff, but, you know, really uh, not anything significant. And I just I thought we got to we got to start telling our stories. Um, so. uh I said, let's do a film festival Uh Um, and organize the first Playhouse West film festival that we screened up, you know, three or four movies at Lancashire. Um, And but back then making a short film cost twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, because you had to you're shooting with film and then you have to get developing. And and I mean, the costs were outrageous, but we got it going. And, you know, now. It's That's just, you assume that you're going to be, if you're going to be studying acting, you're going to at some point start making some films. And what a great thing that is. Um, so
0: you were behind the first Playhouse West Film Festival.
1: I am the founder of the Playhouse West Film wow! Festival. Wow! Now, <laughs> I, I did it for two or three years, then then uh, left town for a few years. Tony Savant was yep. the one that took it over and really built it up mm-hmm. to, I mean, I, we, we did some amateur hour film festivals <laughs> you got the ball rolling yeah yeah i, I that's <laughs> what i'll take credit for the ball yeah yeah you, know, it up, the you broke ground <laughs> yeah, yeah right um but yeah he then he he really and then wolf after yeah, that wolf took, he, it, over. took yeah. it over and they, those guys have done just a, a fans. i i uh, had a chance to go to philadelphia mm-hmm. where tony has started another school and built mm-hmm. out this this amazing group of filmmakers i mean just super dedicated guys mm-hmm. and Creating all kinds of amazing stuff. So um, I mean, he's he's a he's a wonder. What he, how he, how prodigious he is!
0: I've heard nothing but amazing things about that guy. I've never
1: met. Him. We're Facebook friends. Okay,
0: <laughs> but uh, I've never met him in person. But no, I've heard nothing but wonderful. We things we have a uh, we
1: have a lot of history together. You know, again, a uh, lot of years where good things and bad things. But that's you know, when you're working creatively, there's always mm-hmm. going to be some good moments and bad moments. Yeah. But uh, he's still, I consider him a, a dear friend and devoted to him as. Someone who also has dedicated his life to acting in the arts and creating things mm. uh, and, and helping others create things. I think that's his his real gift. Absolutely. And I got, I got
0: to mention really quick, like, so when I first moved to L.A. about five years ago and joined Playhouse right off the bat, that festival happened pretty quickly from getting there. And all of us in our beginner group went there and I was blown away. Oh, yeah. I, it was like the best thing I had ever been oh to. God, like yeah. it was packed. The movies were awesome. Oh, yeah. you, there were events each night. And I'm like, what is this place? Oh, this place rocks, man. It's like, Isn't
1: that so yeah, that's to your credit. It would have happened eventually. But I, again, I, I'm yeah. just, I was just, I, I, it was, it was one of those instincts or impulses you have. And it was the right impulse, which mm. is let's, let's start taking control of our own destiny and, and create things, tell stories. That's, that's what we're here mm. for is to tell stories whether or not we ever tell stories in the studio system yes. or getting paid. I mean, um, I, before I came to LA, I, I did a lot of community theater up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I mean, no one was making money. We were just creating these amazing pieces of, of theater. And uh, some of my greatest experiences as an an actor is, was on stage there. Mm Um, so that's, that's what we should be doing is telling stories. That's our job, telling Mm -hmm. stories, whether we get paid for it or don't get paid for it, whether one person sees it or a bunch of people see it, we're all going to get forgotten in the end. Um, my kids are older now, but I remember at one point I was talking to them and I said, you know, um, Who's your favorite actor? And they mentioned some current folks. And I said, well, you know, mine, of course, would be Marlon Brando. And they both looked at me and they say, who? And I'm thinking, oh my God, we're, we're all going to be forgotten someday. You know, even Marlon Brando, greatest actor of the 20th century is going to be forgotten. So we don't escape that fate. Um, and in that way, I think it's liberating. So the idea of like becoming famous or, or achieving something where people know who you are, that's really transitory. But those magical moments where you're sitting I, I, in the theater the other night, I looked over at you and you, you were having experience from what you were watching. Mm. I saw it. Mm. Did you, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it was the same moment I was, I mean, it was so interesting. There was just a moment where, oh my God, this, the, the heartache and the pain and the, and, and we were suffering with them. Yes. And that's exactly what we are trying to do as actors is to create something that magically helps people in the audience. It's like the old ancient Greeks, catharsis, just let it getting these emotional things out as the audience because the actor is doing it also. Um so that's um, that's what I'm 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 proud of is helping more actors tell stories and and bring those things to life. Uh
0: you well uh, you you really just spoke to me because that's really like as of late I just feel like I've awakened more to you're exactly we're all going to be forgotten. There's some Unless you're Jesus Christ, Alexander <laughs> Julius, the Great, Alexander the Great, yeah. Julius Caesar, and maybe I mean, as time goes on, it just gets buried and buried uh, and buried. Yeah. But even like someone I'd mentioned, like Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs will be oh. forgotten in 200 years, possibly. Oh, like, yeah. Oh. And it's like, <clears throat> so it does give you perspective that the inevitable is coming, <laughs> and. This is your time to create and tell stories, and you're right. It did used to cost twenty, thirty thousand to do a short film, but yeah. now we have we, these. We, we There's could. really
1: no excuse now. We we could we could shoot a film right now. Yeah, <laughs> actually, we are shooting we, we a are film. shooting a film. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we could. Yeah. we could. Uh, you could be my brother, and we're now having that difficult conversation. Mm. Uh, I mean, already I'm feeling like you're sinking into that. Yeah, You don't even know what the situation is yet, but you're already, I mean, do do you feel it? Yeah. Isn't it so interesting? (laughs) Um, That's one of the things I've been really fascinated with lately as I'm, you know, I go around the world a a, a lot now Mm -hmm. and working with schools in other countries and actors in other countries. And um, there's that moment where you, if you're, when you're working with an actor and you start saying, okay, so you're my brother. There's a problem. And, I, and I'm just watching you as I'm saying that. And mm-hmm. I can just see you're kind of you don't know where you're going yet, but you're allowing your, yourself to go there. Mm-hmm. And and I I'm realizing now that there's. There is a magic moment possibility, and 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 I think that's what you're trying to do as a teacher is first to do it with your actors, but then to help them learn how to do it themselves. Mm. Um, I think it can happen really quickly. Um, I've, I've been re- working with some teachers recently who are hypnotists. This is going to sound really weird. <laughs> so bear with me. Um, so this guy, Connor Graham is a, he's a wonderful teacher and and, and wonderful guy. And he's a hypnotist. And I said, so Connor, you gotta, you gotta, you know, be honest with me. Like, is is it set up? Like, <laughs> right. you, know, do you guys like <laughs> work that out? Anymore? Yeah. And he, and he goes, no. He goes, there, it's. He goes, if you if you if you work with the right people who are open to suggestion, and you talk to them the right way, you can act help them access subconscious stuff, their imagination. Mm. And and he was telling me about it. I'm going well. Well, wait a second! Isn't that what we're trying to do, as actors, um, is to access that part of ourselves that allows us to believe crazy stuff that's not Live true, truthfully
0: under yeah, imaginary, imaginary circumstances? circumstances.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm becoming very fascinated in the ways in which we might help actors find that more quickly. You know, I was, I'm, and I think you were the same. I, 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 I rehearse more than anybody else in my class. I mean, mm-hmm. I. I, w- I was going to work myself to success. Right. I mean, that was, and that, and the teachers I had, that was the, it was it just, just, if you work hard enough, you're going to make progress. And it's true. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also opportunities to really jump. And, and that's where I'm, I think the great teachers, they see the opportunity mm. to shift someone from where, you know, like almost like they're going along like this. And then there's just another level. That hmm. they can jump up to if you can just find the right moment. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean it's so interesting. I as I was just saying that I'm go okay, I think there's a moment here for you. I think there's actually a moment here where I could say some things to you and you would go okay, and then there we would go. And then you'd come out of that and you'd go, oh, okay, I I can do that now. You're exactly right. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Because
0: <laughs> like even like going into this podcast like you know you always think I mean going back to the I to remember, like you you can't plan how it's going to go. Yeah. No. The same when you do a scene, you you just you do you've done the work for the yeah. scene, but you let the scene be the scene. Like same yeah. thing with this, and even us having this dialogue conversation, it's already going places. that like, oh wow, this is this is amazing, right? So far. <laughs> I was going to ask you your background and tell me if we can still get to all that, but this is great. <laughs>
1: Are you from the Midwest, by the way? I'm from Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, would we call that the Midwest? I suppose so. You said,
0: I'm from Illinois originally. Oh, well, I
1: I lived in Michigan for several years. I I, I moved around a lot, but I grew up in Oklahoma. Okay. And um, when I was very young, I was very shy. My mother put me in in a children's acting class. She said, you never stopped talking after that. So it cured me of my shyness. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I know that I think and I think that you you know that, too, is that many of the actors you meet are actually in in real life. They're actually pretty shy people. And I think that's why they are attracted to acting is because it's the one place where they can come to life and have some freedom. Um, And and so I was one of those type of kids. So I did a lot of acting when I was a kid. Um, Was... uh, Went to an experimental college in in Michigan. Uh, taught a class in frisbee throwing. I was actually an all American uh, frisbee player. Really? College. Yeah, I, I was a jock in high school. Like
0: frisbee golf, or just like uh, I was. A I was
1: on the frisbee golf tour for a while. Um, actually, I, we we had the first professional frisbee golf organization in Oklahoma when I was in high school. We wow. formed it. Um, but ultimate frisbee was the game I ended up playing in college, and then. Uh, did that. And so I taught a Frisbee class. Then I had to do something like responsible. And my father <laughs> convinced me to apply to law schools. So mm-hmm. I went to law school, um, came back to Michigan, was uh, worked at a legal aid. So I was representing low-income women who were being physically abused by boyfriends and husbands. So I was doing domestic violence work. Crazy stuff. I mean, just so intense. Mm. I, I, I always get so, uh, it's so interesting. People go, well, you know, isn't it like being a lawyer, like being an actor, You like you're pretending? I say, yeah, but the, the difference is there's, in law, there's real consequences. In acting, there's no consequences. <laughs> yeah. But, in but I mean, I would be going to court. And if I didn't get the restraining order or the help that this woman needed, mm. she might die. Mm. And I just remember, like, the the responsibility that I felt just going in and going, if it, you know, I have to do something or bad things could happen to this person. So I did that for a while, but then I, I wandered into a theater one day in Grand Rapids that was having auditions for Cyrano de Bergerac, got a part as the young lover, um, walked into the theater, immediately fell in love with the leading, leading lady. Uh, so I was hooked again on acting. And then I, I realized that I should go back to school, get a, a degree in acting and then go to L.A. and start my career. So that's what I did. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I had no idea about any yeah. of that.
1: <laughs> <For> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I did all that's that. <clears throat> and then this la- the last few years, I've actually done- gone back into the law because I got-, I got married and had a family and had mm-hmm. to actually support the- a family. Mm. So went back and uh, worked at a firm that represented people that had this disease, mesothelioma. I've heard of that. It's a It's a fatal cancer caused by exposure to asbestos. And I was the sign up guy. So I was I would I traveled to 47 states, over 600 families walking into houses with people who were dying. There's no cure. Six to 18 months. Wow. And sitting there with the family and crying, praying, um, just these and people, great people who were dying for no good reason other than there was. Some people running companies that were greedy and didn't tell their workers that there was dangers, even though they knew there was. Um, so did that for several years, and then uh, we moved back to LA and started doing the acting stuff again and teaching, and then got involved with the Meisner Institute, which is a result of becoming friends with Jimmy Carbo. Um, did you ever? That was no. after. Yeah, it was before your time. So Jimmy Carville was. Sandy Meisner's partner for 30 years. Okay. Meisner was married a couple of times. Um and um then he got involved with Jimmy and Jimmy always said Sandy was bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um but he said actually probably liked girls more than boys but but he and Jimmy became a, a couple and um J- Jimmy was quite much a bit younger than than Sandy. Um and passed away just last year. So, uh, he was 93, I think. Wow. Um, but we became good friends and he asked me to, uh, take over the Meisner Institute and, and build it out internationally. So I've been so blessed to be working. I was just in Russia this last year in Egypt and Israel, Greece, Turkey, uh, these amazing programs, amazing actors, um, uh, just, and so alive and, and, and what I love about them is they're, they're still, I, I, what's the right word? They're fresh. They're, they're, they're not jaded. They're, they're, you know, in LA, you, sometimes you get that sort of harsh jaded feeling. Yeah. I mean, you know that. Yeah. And it just, and it kind of, you kind of get just overwhelmed by the, the business and the struggle. It's the a tough struggle. City. Yeah. yeah. A, it is a tough city, unfortunately. But there, they're just, they're just alive and they want to, they want to open up and the Meisner work is new to them. So it's the, it's like, and it's new to their whole culture. So they're just like going, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing that ever happened. And you remember that when you first started doing Meisner, don't you? Mm -hmm. Like you are just going, Oh my, Oh my God, this, I'm like, I'm a different person now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It changes it, not, it only changes how you act, but it changes you as a person. Mm -hmm. And so I get to go around helping people have that experience uh, and then teaching teachers how to help people have that experience. Uh, so I'm, I'm have like the greatest job ever now.
0: It sounds like an
1: incredible job. <laughs> you, you, you got to come with me. Will you do that?
0: Yeah, yeah, heck yeah, yeah. be awesome. Take this on the road and yeah. talk to people. So it sounds like a lot of, uh, I want to get in more details, but like a place like L.A., New York. I mean, people very business oriented with the acting and mentality, which you should be, you know, trying to do that. But in these other places you're at. Not saying that they don't want to be professional actors, but is it more they're just coming from more of a pure place with it? They just want to learn the acting, um, or do a lot of them have goals with it? You know,
2: they're.
1: Uh, it's amazing how seductive Hollywood is internationally. Hmm. I mean, I was just in Egypt, and like everyone there goes, "I, I want to go to LA, I want to become famous." Okay, <laughs> and 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 I, you know, I go, "Oh God, do I do I start telling them those stories?" <laughs> I had, one, I had one great one when I first got to L.A. I had, I had an agent and uh, they, they set me up with a, a general interview with a casting director. And uh, and I walk in and the casting director says, oh, I think I want to I want you to come in tomorrow for this role. And I'm going, wow, this is good. This is easy, man. I didn't realize it was going to be this easy. Yeah. So I get the script and it's a TV series. And it's um, it's like a, it's a update of the Perry Mason. Uh, uh, ep- uh, show, uh, so it's a murder mystery. Mm. Uh, fraternal twins in law school murder some guy, and I'm re uh, they, I'm reading for the 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 guy fraternal twin, and I'm thinking, oh, I now I understand why I'm getting brought in because they must have already cast the female, and they're looking for someone that could pass as her twin, and I must look just like her so i'm thinking great so i'm you know i I prepare the scene and i go in the next day and i walk into this room 20 guys all sitting there look exactly like me i mean we you know there's a little skinnier one there's a fatter one there's a Mm -hmm. taller one there's a shorter one but i mean we could all be and i'm thinking oh my god this the rest of my career here in la i'm going to be auditioning it. i'm not even like I don't even stand out by myself. I mean, they, <laughs> if they want me, they, they have 20 other guys that they can bring in for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you just don't appreciate that. How much, you know, just how many people. Another audition I went to, it was a clothing, uh, for a clothing store, just a commercial. Three beautiful women walking down the street. And then three guys walking the other way. And the guys pass. And then they look back at the women. and They go... Wow. So, obviously, the casting call is for women who can turn men's heads. Yeah. Right? So, I'm obviously auditioning for one of the guys. And I go in right when they're finishing up with the women auditions. And it's a room full of the most beautiful women. Any of them, you would get on your knees and say, can I just devote my life to you? I mean, (laughs) they're so gorgeous. And then I am thinking, oh, my God. Three of them are going to get the job. The rest of them are going to go home going, I guess I'm just not pretty enough. Mm -hmm. And you know that all of them grew up in some place with people saying, oh, my God, you're the most beautiful woman that ever lived. You should go to L.A. and become an actor. And now here they're in L.A. and it's they're just. It's a town filled with beautiful women. Um, And so unless they get lucky or they do something special or who knows what. They're gonna. They're not gonna have any more luck than you and I are gonna have. Um, so when they when I was in Egypt and they're saying, "Oh yeah, I want to go to Hollywood and become," you know, yeah, I'm just going, man. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take away that that urge and that that sort of beautiful feeling. But it's hard not to understand that this is this town is just so different than people. I mean, they know that it's difficult, but they don't really know. Yeah. Um, And for anyone that's been here for a few years, you you all of a sudden, you really understand that.
0: Yeah. And it's funny you bring that up because, I mean, this is a conversation I have off camera we've had on the podcast. I mean, I've been here five years. I mean, you know way more people than I do. But, I mean, just seeing the level of talent I've seen from Playhouse West and throughout town and just seeing how great they are but it's not enough for the business. And it has nothing to do with oh their talent, God. nothing to do with their talent, but it just shows how hard it really is. And that your talent only plays a small role in, it,
1: it, you know, it, having mean, a career out here. We both had that experience. You're sitting in class going, this is some of the greatest acting I've ever seen. Yeah, And yeah. no one's ever going to know these people. They're never going to get jobs. And you're going, I just, it's just tragic. Um, again that's why back to back to the uh filmmaking thing I, i'm i'm so i just think that we have to get past that as actors and we have to help our students get past that to go just start telling your stories find whatever way you can to do it maybe you get lucky and you you become famous it's so interesting that, you know with the social media now and the and the and the the, the uh, ability to shoot your own film i mean there's people becoming famous now that have no talent, <laughs> uh, but just know yeah. how to work social media. Yeah, and and so who knows now what the formula is for that, where you make a living at it. Again, i I, I loved I loved doing community theater because then there was no there was no illusion that you were ever going to make a living at it. You were just going to do it because you loved doing it. Mm-hmm. So you had a day job, I was an attorney, mm-hmm. uh, but at night I was doing shows and and living and doing all the great shows. That's what someone said. They said, "Why would I ever move from Grand Rapids when I'm going to get to play all the great roles?" Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. and they <laughs> said, "I'm I'm having the greatest life yeah. I can imagine." So that's what I hope I'm helping my students understand, and my and the actors that I work with is it, that's what you're here in the world to do is to share the talent you have with as many people as you can find that are willing to watch you.
0: Well, and I like what you said in the the beginning. Like you really should tell your story, whether one person is seeing it. A thousand, and I think it really you just have to love to do it, yeah, you know. And uh, I'll I'll quote Chris Levy, uh, Playhouse West, yeah, I swear I quote him like every other day. Oh, yeah, yeah, he,
1: he says a lot of quotable things,
0: yeah, he's he's the guru, but he uh, he said a lot of insight about you know people coming to town. Same way you say, oh, I was the star over here, so I'm going to come here and I'm just going to rock it. And it's like, we'll get in line. There's a line of 1,500 people and they look just as good as you. They're just as talented. (laughs) Um, And also he said something I'm paraphrasing, but he said that like your talent has 17% to do with you actually getting the role. There can be how you look. Uh, are you the right height? Are you the right hair color? There's so many things that maybe your voice doesn't sound as good as the other person. Like had your acting, you got to be able to act, but it has such a smaller portion than one may think in this. And I never really understood. It's like I knew, but then I came out here then I'm like, Oh, I saw (laughs) how big of a business it actually is. Like, you know, getting an agent, doing the whole, I I got
1: real lucky when I first came out, I, I was, um, I I went to um, DePaul University in Chicago, Uh, got an MFA degree there. It had formerly been the uh, Goodman School of Drama. So it had a pretty good reputation. They did a a showcase at the end of of when we finished our three years there. So there were agents and managers who came in from LA, New York and other places to watch us do a little showcase performance. So I did one and, and this manager in LA came up to me afterwards. He says, I like what I saw, I'd like to sign you. I said, "Great." Yeah. So came to LA, had a manager. He got me with a mid-level agency. So initially, I was going out, and you know, and that's you know, you just one of the things you don't understand when you first come here is you've got a casting director who's casting Star Trek, um, and they only have time to see a few people. Mm. They don't have time to see everyone, so they're going to see the people that from agents that they know that can talk their way in, you know? And so that's how I was able to get some day jobs, you know, some guest starring stuff on different TVs, you know, Melrose plays, Star Trek, um, general hospital. Mm. I mean, these were all, you know, just because I had some representation, but once that ended, because, you know, I, I went along for a while doing that. And then I wasn't like going to the next level. Right. So they said, Hey, it doesn't seem like you're, progressing so we're gonna you know say goodbye to you move on to somebody else um well then it then i was back just at the beginning again i mean it was like i was starting all over again Mm. um so uh it's 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 hard to understand that when you first come to town i do have an interesting star trek Thing because lay oh, um, it on me. <laughs> so, Star Trek. Which the, the, uh, one is this? The Star Days Trek Next, Gen- or? Or? Next Generation. Okay. Another The other reason why I, w- I was able to get into the Star Trek Next Generation is because the casting director, Junie Lowry-Johnson, is the sister of a good friend that I had in high school, Hunt mm-hmm. Lowry, who's also in the business. Huh. And um, so, obviously, when I first came out, I, I um, called her up and called Hunt up and, and they, you know, super great people uh, couldn't have been friendly. And, and Junie said, well, come on in. They had just finished their first season of, um, Star Trek next generation. And so I go in and I meet Junie and, and she, and she goes, you know, Hey, I tell you what, um, we're actually doing some auditions next door. We're replacing, uh, there's a cast member in that's leaving the show. And, uh, you want to just come in and read for it? And I said, sure. So it turned out, did you, um, uh, you know, they had that little, that machine that transported people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and there was a guy called the transporter chief. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this guy who'd done a season was for whatever reason, uh, because he, yeah, who knows why he wasn't okay. going to leave the show. So they had to replace this guy. So I walk in, I, you know, read a couple of lines, uh, you know, phasers full or, <laughs> so, and uh, they said, thanks. And then I got a call and they said, you've been cast. <laughs> you're going to be the, you're going to be the transporter chief. Wow. And I'm going, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's cool. Right. I'm not realizing that that's like huge moment. Cause that's going to, we're going to, we're going to, we have five more seasons of next generation. Um, air, appearing on every episode, that guy who, Changed his mind later that day. So when they called me later, they said, "Oh, that guy changed his mind. He's not going to leave the show." But we'll get you on. So that's how I ended up getting on the show. But I didn't get that role. Mm. He ended up being one of the leads in the in Deep Space Nine, the next Star Trek. Yeah, I mean that 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 change of his decision was a, a several million dollar change of fate in my life. Wow, um, just like that. Just yeah. that. Just. Just that, Boom. <laughs> so that's the other thing. Is you're just these random things <clears throat> that you just don't realize. Oh, the Quentin Tarantino story. You want
0: to hear that one? Oh yeah, we were saying we
1: were talking about this <laughs> before we started. So on. I'm I, I'm pretty sure this happened. Although I'm I'm you know sometimes you start telling stories and you get worried that maybe you're you're embellishing too much. But I'm pretty sure. I got a call from my agent. This was again when I was first in town, and they said, "Oh, there's a independent movie that's being." Uh, cast and why don't you go in for it and i went and it was like this apartment complex and uh i, I think there's you know i went to this apartment and i and i knocked on the door and this guy answered it and he was a weird guy and he said come on in and he goes thanks so much you're the only one that's come today and you know i um you know really you know thanks and I'm thinking, what? why did my agent? this is ridiculous. What am I doing here? This is like some, I said, this is my first film, you know. Uh, and I said, you know what? I'm really just, thank you, but I'm not interested. He goes, you sure? Because no one else is, I mean, no one's showing up. <laughs> and I said, no, it's, thanks. And I call and I, I go back home. I call my agent. I said, don't, don't send me on stuff like that. Okay. Uh, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> making his first film. Before Reservoir Dogs, he made a film. So one before Reservoir. The one okay. before Reservoir Dogs. I'm pretty sure that was Quentin Tarantino. And I blew him off because he was nobody. Um and and this is that, again I think the thing that's so hard for people to understand is it's like it's like you. Eric could be the most important person in this room right now. Mm. We don't know. He could be the next Quentin Tarantino, mm. and so we're going to sit here, and you're going to you're going to like talk to me because you think I'm important. I'm going to talk to you because I think you're important. But maybe he's the most important guy in the in the room that I need to make friends with, because he might be the guy that then is making films and go, you know, that guy Scott Tros was really nice to me, and maybe I should call him in for this. Um, and but it's before they're famous, mm. and so you don't know who that person's going to be. Yeah. Um, that leads into the James Franco story. Mm. So I was in uh, dance class, Playhouse West was teaching at the time. And this beginning student came up to me and said, hey, hey I'd like to do a scene with you. And I said, uh, I, don't, are, I don't, are you in the class? I don't, I don't. He goes, no, I'm a beginning student. I just came by and I, and I just kind of snuck in and I saw your work and I really, I really like it a lot. And I'd like to, I said, uh, you know. I don't think that's going to work out too well. And so the next week he was back again. He comes up to me again after class. He goes, really, I I know I, you said no yes last week, but I just, I'm here again. And would you, I mean, please, I mean, I really would love to work with you. And I said, I said, you've got to understand I'm an advanced student and I'm also a teacher here. You're a beginning student. And I don't mean to this to sound rude, but I just don't work with beginning students. And he goes, Oh, okay. And I noticed he walked over to this friend of mine and was talking to him. And my friend was like, Going, you know, like, Oh, it was like, obviously, he was asking him now. And and the friend was going, Okay, sure. Right. Well, that was Brian Lowley. I don't know if you know Brian Lowley. No, not as much. Um, and the guy that the, the beginning student was James Franco, of course. Uh-huh. Um, and James, of course, has made a lot of films himself. And Brian Lowley, Has been in every film that he's made. (laughs) So you could, and you know Tarantino. He puts the same people in Tarantino, (laughs) James Franco, people I blew off, and and again, it's just that it's so you you really need someone to be sitting you down when you first get here and say, everyone you talk to is an opportunity, and you don't know who is going to be the person that's already established. Well, you're never going to. I mean, I'm not going to get a meeting with Quentin Tarantino now. Um, I mean, he's already has his posse. He's already Mm -hmm. developed his friendships. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Eric uh, who I'm going to, who's just beginning and going as appreciative that anyone would, would work with him. That is, then that's going to be the person, if, if things go well, that they're going to be bringing you along for the ride. Um, so I, I wish everyone heard those stories when they first got to Hollywood.
0: Yeah. It's funny because Eric, I was, we were talking, um, Kathleen, a teacher at Playhouse, yeah. once, I, she subbed my class once and she said, I never forgot that she's like, you never know who you're sitting next to That's in class because right. she's like, not everyone in this room is going to be an actor. Yeah. We were all doing the acting thing yeah. here, but someone's going to be a producer. Someone's going to be a director. Yeah. Someone's going to be a cast. Like, it's like, you know, and I was going to, you get me thinking it's, it's a fine line too, right? Because you don't want, you want to be genuine with people. You know, because it's also a town where people are trying to. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, you're a director, huh? Yeah. You
1: know, well, is it? Um, we're actors, mm-hmm. um, and we have vivid imaginations, mm-hmm. and we so we can we can choose our point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I can look at you and decide. If I have the right point of view, I could decide I didn't, you know, I don't like you very much. I don't like the way you, know, the way mm-hmm. you I mean, I could find ways to either not like you or be very neutral to you. Or I could like take, a, you know, it's like what we learn about paying attention to the other person when we're acting. Is mm. I could really look at you and go, you know what? This is a good guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I like this guy. I, I, I'm seeing your heart. Mm. And you're a good guy. Mm. And so I can. I, don't, I can be genuine. With you because mm. I I see you mm. um, now, if I decide not to really look that closely at you, uh, I can I can be really not very interested in you at all. Mm. So I think we have some choices that we can make with people um, and that. When we're in the business, we we have to constantly find the point of view where we are seeking out the humanity of that person so that we do have an authentic reaction to them. Um, I think it's I mean, I really do. Uh, Rex Lynn was a guy that I went to high school with and had a, um, long career. He was in one of the CSI, uh, uh, I think CSI Miami that mm-hmm. was kind of his best career job, but he, he worked, he was one of those guys, there's a character actor kind of guy. And and I was, I said one time, I said, Rex, what, like, man, you you came to, you came from Oklahoma and you got to town and, man, you've just been working like nobody's business. He goes, five best friends. And I said, what, what do you mean? He goes, I have five casting directors who are my best friends. Oh boy. He said, that's all I needed. I needed. And he goes, and I said, are they really your best friends? And he goes, yeah. And it gets, but he's a real, again, he's an authentic guy, Mm. but he made a point of making best friends with them and, and treating them like a best friend and all the things you do with best friends. And, and they felt that from him and, and they had the same feeling. So whenever they would have scripts, they would be going, we got to bring Rex in. we got to bring Rex in. Though well, here's a part for Rex. Let's make sure we get him in. And, and I, I, and I'm thinking, man, that's another thing I wish someone had told me five best friends, casting directors. and And that's, that will just keep you going because they're the, going to be the people who are going to be looking out for you, getting you in, having you seen by other folks. So, um, it's it's extremely difficult, but I think there are some things if we just got a little smarter. Um, and you talked about marketing. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you got to you, you got you to gotta also learn how to carry yourself and how to you know just all that stuff. That's just you know, learning how to live life.
0: Reminds me of, uh, Dale Carnegie's book, how to win friends and influence oh, people. I mean, yeah, I mean, all that, all that old it,
1: corny stuff. Yeah.
0: It, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, now when I think about it, it's like really like if there's a certain industry you want to be in, you should go make friends with people in that industry. Well, yeah. Cause you guys are going to probably get along anyway, because you have common goals. You're into certain, the same things and lifestyles and you get that. No, that makes complete sense.
1: Um, you got to make friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you want to just sit at home all, you know, by yourself. So uh, why not people in the same business? Um, how do you
0: think technology and especially like during COVID, because a lot of it's gone to a lot of self-tapes and yeah. self-submissions and stuff. Like how do you, how do you think that's changed the business? Well,
1: I just, you know, I. I, I um, it's. It's. it's um, I, I worry that we're losing the connections, you know, that, that, you know, I, I just talked about making Mm -hmm. five best friends for casting directors, but now when do you ever meet the casting director? When are you going to have an opportunity to become friends with them? In the old days, we would, we would go in for the audition. So you'd had a chance to chat up, you know, and, and again, I bet you when Rex was making friends with those people, they weren't the casting directors. They were the casting director assistants. Right. Who, again, like the person sitting next to you in class, they didn't have friends yet they weren't the important person yet so i bet you th- those were the people that he you know was spe- you know extra nice to and just took his time to you know so um the self tape thing i think makes it very challenging to but um also just technically learning how to do that Um uh, jesus you you get on on uh youtube there's a million uh videos on how to make good self tapes mm-hmm. and um there's a lot of stuff you need to figure out in order to make good ones and 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 you have to learn how to act. It's I think it's so interesting. Most of those, when you watch them, they're all about the technical things, you know, the headspace yeah. and where you are in the frame and medium close and all this. I'm going, uh, well, but you know, if you're not acting well, then all that stuff is not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna matter. It's <laughs> not gonna matter. Uh so you need you need to you need to have the ability to really um not just to do good work, but to know how to prepare for good work. Mm. I mean, I think that's the thing that is the, the hardest thing for actors to learn when they're acting is not just how to act, but how to get a script, look at it, figure out what you need to do, rehearse it, um, find a good scene partner to work with. Um, all those things to bring it to life, make, make some creative decisions,
2: mm.
1: know, know when to ask questions um you know creative questions you know to go one direction or another and then finally just making some decisions and go in that direction making some strong choice um that that i think a lot of actors don't haven't learned those those skills mm. and and that's critical obviously for self-tapes
0: and i want to touch more on the meisner institute all right because uh, i started thinking i mean you you've been to so many places like it's uh I mean, outside of just acting in general, like what is it like going to the other? I haven't really traveled. I well, not really. I have not traveled the world, so it's. I'm I'm always curious to hear what it's like living in these other. Like when you go, are you going for a f- couple weeks? Or are you going for like months at a time? Well,
1: in China, China, I I was there for four years, four years straight. Yeah, I mean, I would come back for like a month. I was at a, it was So they had it was it was a school in Shanghai, Shanghai Theater Academy, hired me. And then uh, worked there three and a half years. Uh, but I was there. So I was there for the semester. And then I'd come home for a month and then go back for the next semester, be off for like a month or two in the summer and then go back again. So had time back with the family. But it was, you know, four months stretch where I was just there teaching classes. Um, and um, other places, you know, a shorter time a mm-hmm. week, two weeks, a month you know depending on on you know what what we've worked out to do um i i i love everybody i meet it, it, you know spending your life around actors and and teachers it, it's you know it, they're the best people ever um the cultures are amazing uh i mean we we we're, we're a little isolated here in the US sometimes i think i think we don't really understand how rich the world is mm. uh, culturally. For, uh, the, and, um, and it's fascinating to sit in a class watching two people act and not be able to understand a single word they're saying hmm. and still know if it's good acting or not. It was, a mo- it was, a, it was the strangest thing when I, when I first went to China, I was thinking, how in the hell I'm am I going to do this? Uh, because I would, I had a translator, but, you know, get an improvisation going, and it's you know, and they're talking so fast, the translator can't keep up, mm-hmm. and so I'd, I have this translator just like going, you know, trying to like talk, and I finally said, "I tell you what, just tell me the situation. What's the situation? Husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, breaking up, getting together, first date? Well, just just tell me the, and, and they say, oh, it's um husband and wife um, getting a divorce and saying goodbye for the last time." And say, okay. And then I just watch. And I, I swear to you, that's all you need. To, to just watch the behavior. And if if it's a husband and wife that are saying goodbye for the last time, it'll be in their behavior. And if it's if it's not in their behavior, if you're not seeing the behavior, then it's not there. No matter what the how there's what the words are that they're saying. Um and that really You know, Meiser talks about finding the behavior and you you hear that over and over again. But it's so it's so interesting when you you can't understand the words that you you're only forced to watch behavior that you understand how profound that statement is. I mean, it's like you're going, what is it like you're sitting here and it's not like they're changing very much. It's just. You know, the the I was reading this about the face. All the most of the muscles in our face, we have no control over, hmm. almost none. So all those muscles that would make me think, oh, he looks a little sad. Like right now, you look a little sad. There's a little sadness in your eyes. Are you aware of that? No. Okay. A little bit. So I'm just not just a little. I'm just seeing it. But again, what what's a, what what muscles are. You know, what's changing, you know, and now, now you, yeah. I'm mean, <laughs> like, am I just trying to concentrate? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, but, it, but it's so fascinating. It's like, yeah. like, how do I, how am I seeing that? I mean, what's changed in your face? Mm. You know, and now That's it's a, interesting. Yeah. And, and what you realize is we have no control over that. Mm. So it's like what Miser talks about. Unless you experience it, mm. it's not going to happen in your face. You have to actually experience the sadness on some level, maybe if you, even if you're not aware of it, but you have to experience it. Hmm. And then all these little muscles are are doing the things that they do that make someone go, Oh my God, you are are you okay? Or, Oh my God, you're, you're happy today. You know how, they, how that where you walk into a room and people go, wow. Yeah. It happened to me one time. I, I it's, it's so, I'd just been with a girl <laughs> having a great time. Yeah. I mean, it was like one of those like, Big moments. Yeah. And it it was romantic. I mean, it was not just fun stuff. It was like, yeah, it was falling in love. Yeah. Yeah. And I swear, I walked in the room and people go, Oh my God, what, what happened to you? (laughs) And I swear, I'm just going, I don't, I mean, I, I, I wasn't even aware of anything different in me, but just, you know, they just are looking at me and they're watching my behavior and they can just see that this is a man that just fell in love. Um, so that was uh, I, I, being overseas and, and and learning that really has helped me as a teacher to be able to watch behavior and really understand what it is that the we're trying to teach actors when we're talking about behavior and and finding the behavior of the scene. Hmm. It, it's the behavior of a husband who's saying goodbye to his wife for the last time. There's a behavior in that. And we'll... We'll see that as the audience. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting about it is that it is um, and I'm, I've been saying this a lot. Um, the, the audience will fill in the gaps for us. So that's why it's always better to do less than more. I mean, that's another Meister thing you learn is, you know, if if you got nothing going, just just listen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trust me. And, and, I, and I realized that that the audience knows the story. Right. We know that you're with your wife. We know that this is the last time you guys are going to be together. We know it's a goodbye. And so now we're filling in. Like, oh my God, he's just sitting there. He he has no expression. Oh my God, he must be really upset. <laughs> like we're like, we're like imagining for you. Now, if you start faking things, then you you force us, the audience, to go, well, that that was weird. Um, that seemed fake. But if you're just relaxed,
2: mm. it
1: the audience is they're they're. They're doing all that work for you, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm really starting to understand that now, uh, and how important that is to let let the audience have the fun of discovering what you're feeling.
0: Yeah, and that's that reminds me. And one of the things that I really took toward the end, when uh, before the COVID shutdowns and in class, was that sometimes, yeah, you're right. Less is more in just those moments of stillness. Don't force anything. Like if you guys don't talk for however long, even even in a scripted scene, yeah. like let those moments be there. Yeah. You just don't have to jump back and I forth know. with we, dialogue. We, we get
1: impatient, so yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm just and I'm thinking about people watching and listening. I know a lot of people we know will know Meisner technique, but how 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 do you describe the Meisner technique for anyone watching or listening that isn't familiar
1: with what it is? Um, it's a simple, direct, and effective way to learn the foundational skills of good acting. Meisner was a pianist. And one of, the, one of the insights he had when he started teaching was that just like when you start playing a piano, you have to learn the chords and the keys and the finger movements and all that stuff. There's basic foundational skills that an actor needs to learn at the beginning of their training. I really do think that Meisner was really I, I'm I'm always surprised when I don't hear that said by other teachers. You gotta start with the foundation skills. And he came up with a series of exercises that taught and helped actors make those skills habitual in their work. Really doing whatever you're doing. You're right now, you're really listening to me. Mm-hmm. I'm really talking to you. If this was if we were filming this. Mm-hmm. This would be good because we're really doing what we're doing, mm. um, really putting our attention on the other person and, and responding to them moment to moment from our impulses. You know, those those skills are things that actors need to always have and be doing. Uh, learning how to emotionally prepare for the first moment of a scene, inventing specific and meaningful points of view, just the basic skills that go 90 percent of the way to working well as an actor. Um, you know, there's some advanced work on character stuff, but really Meisner's genius, I think, was the early work.
2: Mm.
1: He front loads his work; you get the best stuff first. <laughs> really doing. I mean, it's it's so interesting. It's the first thing you learn, but but you quickly go to repetition. Yeah. But every there's a there was a great interview with, that Meisner had uh, with he and Stella Adler, and then this other woman who was a teacher from Russia. And at some point, he got frustrated with the conversation. It was all academic kind of stuff. He goes, "I don't want to." He goes, "I'm not going to say anything more." And so the rest of the rest, I mean, it was an, it was an article, and like he just stopped talking. And so then it was Stella Hadler and this other other teacher talking. He just exited the. Con- he, yeah. said, he said, "He says I'll say something at the end." Uh, I don't like all this all these words that we're talking about, right? And at the end, he goes. They, they find the interviewer said so. Mr. Miser, you said you were gonna say something. He goes, Yeah, it's it's really do it's really doing. That's what it's all about. It's about really doing. That's what it is. That's all I need to say. That's all you need to hear. Done. And I thought, oh my God, that's like he 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 loved to not mystify acting. He loved to keep it simple. I mean, isn't that I mean, think about that for a second. You someone who's been teaching for 60 years who's who's worked with all these great actors and and you finally say oh, so what's you know tell us all about that because it's really doing that's it it's it done <laughs> and you're going well you know there's a uh, that great interview with robert duvall who mm-hmm. oh you know the story about robert duvall and and um so robert duvall studied with sandy mm-hmm. and with stella adler right uh he 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 uh he may have studied with Stella Adler also, but he was really a an a, a Meisner guy. Okay. And he talks about his work with with Meisner. Um and he it took him a while before after I mean he he was he had kind of was a you know gotten into acting late and then he took some classes in New York and then he was unemployed for a few years. Um and so during that time. And this was after Meisner had been, he had Gregory Peck, Princess, you know, Princess Grace. I mean, all these amazing actors that he had trained that were winning Academy Awards. And uh, John Voigt, Steve mm-hmm. McQueen. I mean, just James, uh, uh, James Kahn, all these people. And uh, so Jimmy uh, uh, Carville told me the story. So during that time when, when Duvall had been a student and then was out of work in New York, um, they'd be at dinner, and, and the people always say, Hey, you know, Sandy, you work with so many great actors. Like, who's the greatest actor you've ever worked with? And he'd say, There was this kid that it just was in my class. His name is Robert Duvall. And, uh, you know, he hasn't gotten any work yet. But he's, the, he's the most talented actor I've ever worked with. I mean, that. I mean, that he saw what other people didn't see for a while. I mean, he just could tell. And again, in comparison to these other amazing actors that he had in class, he just saw Duvall was special. But Duvall talks about – I don't know if you've seen that interview where he's talking about a scene with Brando in, in Godfather. I don't think so. Oh, it's a great interview. where you know It's where he's telling Brando that his son's been shot, right? And uh, and Duvall's talking about how they, Brando would just – he never did uh, – should got to listen to it because he said – Brando would never. It was never like action, no action. Brando was just there. I mean, he was when when he sat down, he was in the scene. Yeah, <laughs> there was no like action, and now we start. He right. was he was just there. He was just kind of float in and out, and uh, and even and Duval was just talking about these amazing moments that Brando was having as they're doing the scene, and he said, you know, it's and then Duval said, it's just so it's just about I talk, you listen, you talk, I listen, talk talk, listen listen. That's all it is and you're going, and you're thinking, that's it, and it, it, again, if you have the imagination, if you can believe in the imaginary circumstances and and you understand the imaginary circumstances, you know sometimes there's some rehearsal stuff you have to do to understand a life that is not familiar to you, but once you understand that, then it is just talk, talk, listen, listen,
2: yeah, and it's funny, um
0: for me personally and again i'm not even close to mastering this but you do all this work and you go through all these exercises and training and at the end of the day like some of my teachers said look just just do the scene as sam yeah i'm like what
1: yeah do the scene as but but,
0: sam. but this isn't sam like this is the, this role that's written like no you you're coming to the role and you're bringing yourself to the role yeah and but it's so easy to get caught up in ideas to get caught up in um uh, I'm going to do it like this, or I'm going to come in like that. It's like you you have to fill that life, but you have to do it as you. And it's, I now get the concept a lot more, but like, again,
1: getting it and actually doing it, it can be hard because we get in our own heads. All right. So, you know, the repetition exercise. Oh, yeah. Like the beginning one.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, you're,
1: yeah. you're wearing a jacket.
0: I'm wearing a jacket.
1: Actually, you, you, you've skipped on to the second part. You have to repeat exactly what I say. Oh,
0: I've already messed up. Okay. Oh, I've
1: already messed up. Oh, I've 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 already messed up. All right. That's the exercise. Yeah. It's that simple, right? Just okay. So uh, you know, when you when you kind of advance it for a while, then you know, after a while it can it can get to some interesting stuff. Yeah, it can help But at the beginning it. it's just yeah. you know, we just yeah. you and me sitting here, you know, first day in class, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna never... So I'm in China. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the first, when I, it's the first time I've gone there. Um, and so I'm, you know, let's, let's, I'm going to show you repetition and this woman gets up and she's one of the students there. Um, and I don't know what happened, but it's like she had no filters, None. Mm-hmm. In herself, so everything that the other person's saying is like, like a, like a, like a dagger to her mm. heart. I mean, it's, you just, it's just everything. She's just that open. And by the end of it, I'll send you this picture because I want you. You should. This is. This is how she ended up. Oh my gosh! This is the end of the first repetition exercise. Oh my gosh! Yeah, just doing the first level just of repetition. What we. You and I, what we just did—that's how affected you That's and and there's no pushing, there's no nothing.
0: That should be like blown up and framed and like. Isn't it like that's it's a just beautiful amazing? Picture, Here,
1: man. you guys see this? You can see? Wow. I mean, I mean, I'm going. Okay, now that's talent. That's like man. Just
0: imagine when she does a scene.
1: <laughs> so when you know that's of course we're 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 blessed to be able to be in rooms with people who are having those types of experiences and you know you ask about the Meisner approach I, what i love about it is it is it for most people it gives them an easy access a simple access to that work if if they can just relax and accept it mm. um and so you just you just see people coming to life in ways that they could have never imagined that you and you could have never imagined. But there it is; it's happening. It's that woman in that chair having that experience.
0: Yeah, well, I and mean, we all in this room have been through the Meisner technique, and I've told people outside of acting, I can take this with me for the rest of my life. Like even with the job I do now, I do pharmaceutical sales. I'm constantly doing doors and activities.
1: Well, <laughs> when when I was. Walking into people's homes where they were dying of mesothelioma, mm-hmm. um, boy, you better believe my attention was on them and, and really taking them in and opening my heart to them. Um, I had to. I mean, it was it it required. It, it was this. It was sacred. What I mean, it's it's their final days. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's you're coming into a. You have to find a way to. Really respect that and and live up to the requirement of being with someone um, and 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 it was only because of the meisner work that i I really had the ability to do that
0: and that's heavy because like you said, like acting's one thing, and that's imaginary yeah. world, but that was real life, yeah that you were really going into those situations and feeling that
1: energy and pain and one guy fifteen minutes after i I was there. Passed away, so I mean, I was, I mean, I was, was he was that close to death? And he said, he said, I, I just, I, I want, I want you to take care of my family. That was what was so amazing. Is they, they, they were, he said, I know I'm going to die, but it's my wife and my kids that I, I'm worried about. Mostly guys, because he you knows most of the, the exposure was from work related mm-hmm. stuff. um yeah so Meisner work pretty special yeah
0: it is and I have to shout out the uh airport running man
1: <laughs> well now you know, it all makes sense because now that I know more of your story well, that that came from when I was doing that work uh because i i would i'd forty seven states i was i was everywhere uh, all over there
0: oh that came from doing the attorney
1: work yeah i was because i was on i was on planes i I'd, I'd visit two or three states a week so i'd be i'd be Landing in, Mon- in Missoula, Montana, driving to someone's house, uh, getting the contract signed to help them out, going back to the airport. I get a call saying, "Hey, you got to be in Kansas City tomorrow. We just set up an appointment for you." So I'm getting a flight to Kansas City, and that and and I'm so I'm traveling like that so much. I'm thinking, "Well, where
0: were you based at the time? Were you in California uh,
1: you- at the time? I was in Texas. In Texas, yeah, we okay. were in Texas for a while, um, but." Um, so because I was traveling so much and I was trying to, I, I'd been a runner in high school. And, mm-hmm. and so I just thought, well, I got to keep in shape. And often I had to run to catch my flight because if I don't, if I missed a flight, then,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I, I might miss the opportunity to to meet with this family. And, and time was of the essence. So um, I got in the habit of running and then I got the silly idea that I should record myself running and post this when instagram was just getting off the ground
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and then i came up with ba 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 i don't know why i said that but <laughs> uh, but so that was that was the beginning of the airport running man okay and, and i am proud to say that i own that niche there is no one else who is competing for the Airport Running Man title. It's about me.
0: <laughs> and that's Airport Running Man on Instagram.
1: On Instagram, yeah. The, the better one to go to is Meisner.institute, because that's, <laughs> that's, where, that's where we're that's talking about the Meisner word. Yeah, But if you want to see a guy running through a lot of airports, <laughs> Airport Running Man, one word, that's me.
0: You probably uh, racked up the frequent flyer miles. Oh, there, yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm starting to fly more for my job too. You got any advice
1: for? I don't think I'm gonna fly as much as what you were, but uh, you can you can jump in on the on the uh, running thing, uh, do some some videos and <laughs> post them. And I'll I'll repost them for you. We can we can maybe t- start
0: we- the the hashtag hashtag Airport Running mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! And uh, well, we're getting getting to the end here but I, first of all i just wanted to say thank you for coming and i didn't acknowledge this in the beginning but i think it stopped but it was pouring rain when you first got here there was thunder and then someone was with a loud bass system was out there i, I kind, went so. i went over
1: uh, Coldwater canyon uh to get here and uh I, there were a few moments where i was not sure <laughs> if we were going to make it uh, oh man but uh but yeah but it was good I, i'm uh, I'm I'm so supportive of what you're doing, Sam. It it's uh, uh, as many people as can need to hear about the work that you, uh, the folks that you you're associated with, and mm-hmm. uh, help them understand the, the business, and and and, uh, and connect them with people who are who're good folks. I mean, you, mm. there's a lot of good folks that we know.
0: Yeah, there really is. Yeah well and that's what i tell people too like when people say oh la's fake or there's no good people in la and i'm i'm very fortunate um i don't know if did you ever daryl morris did you ever run into him at playhouse west daryl morris he lives in las Vegas. he was my acting coach in vegas
1: name I is familiar here. maybe yeah. you might
0: recognize him but he i mean just lives and breathes playhouse west and kept telling me and then when the opportunity came to move to la he just looked at me he's like well you know you're going to playhouse west right i'm like well i guess i am and yeah. So I knew about this place coming here, but it's amazing. Like I'd meet people and like, right. I mean, night one, night one, I audited right over across on Lancashire, Chris Levy. I was an auditor and I had like five pages of notes (laughs) from Chris alone and uh, just the instant network. That's what just blew my mind. And just people, I just genuinely, and I have a theory on this, like just got along with, but I think we all have similar to what you were saying, like pick your friends. Like these are all, we all have. The same mentality. We may do different things, but we all
1: share this dream.
0: Yeah. And it's like, man, I got friends for life like, oh, yeah. at it's, this place.
1: Yeah. It's just so intense, these moments. And, and, mm. and I don't, it's hard to describe a class where everyone starts really opening up mm. and dealing with really, you know, which seems typically involve some pretty strong situations, imaginary situations. And so we're living those out. I mean, again, the Meisner approach is about actually experiencing those moments. So I'm watching you on stage having an emotional breakdown because your best friend slept with your girlfriend and, and now has run off with her and, and, and we're just watching you fall apart in front of us and you are actually falling apart. I mean, we're, we mm. get, we're privileged to actually be there with you as that happens. Uh, and then talk to you afterwards. And then we're going up and we, of course, we, I, you know, I'm watching you work. I'm going, oh man, I want to, I want to do, you know, I want to, I want to get to that level too. What do I got to do? And and then, and then I'm inspired by you and then you're inspired by, by me. And then we're now we're, we're all working together and like, and just, it's, it's, um, it's, it's like a drug. Yeah. It, it really mm-hmm. is. Yeah.
0: I can't tell you how many times where I'd be working all day and like, oh, man, we got class tonight. Yeah. And, you know, you've rehearsed oh, yeah. 10 times leading up to class yeah. and you got, you know, all this. And you're like, you're like, man, how are we going to get through tonight? And it a lot of times wasn't even the work that you yourself did. It was watching the work oh, that no. everyone else brought. And I swear to you, I'd go. It was like coffee. I would go in like tired and lethargic. I'd be leaving, talking out in the parking lot like we are right now for an hour and a half, oh, yeah. <laughs> just oh, yeah. on cloud nine. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, you know, i I'm, I try to be very patient when I'm working with actors because you know every every person is has their own thing. And but I'm just it drives me to distraction when I see that they're not paying attention to other exercises because for me that was the best part of class. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love doing my own work, but really. It was, you know, watching you guys. I agree. Up on, I mean, I'm just, I, I was just, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I would just sit there for three hours in just awe as I watched exercise after exercise and just all this great work. Or when it, when it went bad, then, you know, I'd, I'd go, oh, that, is that a problem that I'd be waiting for the teacher to see if they thought the same thing? So I'd be anticipating, are they going to say something? Um, so that, that's the joy of, of that experience. And like you said, the. The relationships you develop from that. Are, I mean, you—you, you, other than maybe family members, you're never going to have that kind of intensity of life with people.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we're giving hugs and talking like we, we, we've we been cousins for my, our whole lives.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It's like you finally feel like you met your people in the world. They're like, oh, I get in really, really quick. I... You know, did the two-year program? COVID happened, shut down. I had a leg injury, out of it for a while. Well, I had a break in the action from work, and I got to rejoin. I joined Wolf's class for a month. Oh, did you? And yeah. uh, Eric, who you saw in the uh, play, yeah, him and Ford, yeah. Shout out to Some Men Need Help, directed by Wolf.
1: Uh, and I don't know if you know, Eric's is
0: my next door neighbor too.
1: Oh, is he really? Yeah, that's
0: a whole other story.
1: I, <laughs> I, uh, I, the 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 moment I had in that play was mm-hmm. w- with eric i there was mm-hmm. I, I thought he did some really nice work yeah i was i was really taken by him um so i mean that again that that's that was what made it worth getting up and going out and going to some small little theater in north hollywood was there was this guy just having this experience and not some a stranger and i and i just i was i started crying yeah I yeah. literally, I was in the audience. I was I had tears yeah. coming down. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, it's just something. Yeah, he, there's a vulnerability that mm. he it allows it to be there. Yeah, that, that's what I felt with like him.
0: Well, yeah, no, exactly. And that, to to that point, it's you know, I they were doing some scenes in class, and uh, Wolf said some of the alumni, you guys can come and yeah. watch the scenes in class. And I go, and I hadn't been in that studio right. since the shutdown.
1: Yeah,
0: and. I'm just like wow. This is this this is what I've been missing. Like, yeah. it's like no one has any idea on this Monday morning what is going on. This like there's going to be all these cars that drive by this yeah. place and not even look. They have no idea what's happening within right. these walls. Yeah. So I come back and just to go be able to experience that again and see people doing the work and doing the different exercises. It, it was a great to give it remind me again. I I, I told Wolf I'm like it was like. Uh, Robin Williams and uh, Hook, the movie Hook, right. where, you know, he was Peter Pan, but then he
2: yeah.
0: be- forgot it all. Yeah. But they have to remind him. They're yeah, just like, right. hey, remember this yeah. over here? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so uh, where can people find you? Where, if they uh, want to follow you, if they want to check out um,
1: Meisner Institute? Meisner Institute. So there's a website, meisnerinstitute.com. Um, you can go there to get information. Um, we have... Meisner.institute, which is the Instagram account. So, you know, we and we're we we now have Meisner Institute Athens, we have Meisner Institute um, Poland, we have Meisner Studio Manila. I mean, these are all programs that have been done from people studying to become teachers and working with them and then them opening their own studio. So we're growing the Meisner world. Um, we don't need to do it too much here because you throw a rock, you hit a Meisner program in, in mm-hmm. LA. But um, I just was in Athens with Alchistus, who's this amazing, wonderful uh, actor and teacher. And she started Meisner Institute Athens. Mm-hmm. And you can walk out of her classroom and look up, and there's the Acropolis. And you can see the theater where thousands of years ago they were doing the Greek tragedies and you can go and you're just thinking oh my god that's that's where it started and here we are now Meisner, she's and she's you know doing all the stuff that we love so much um and it's like she's bringing it back
0: that gave me chills, by the way. Like that—that yeah. that just sounds like that's where I want to go. You, oh, I, <laughs> Greece I, has been on my list anyway. So well, uh,
1: I made a promise to her that I would I would see her at least once a year because yeah. I, I have that same. It's it's profound uh, experience. It's like
0: going back to Mecca. I mean, it, it is. I mean, it, yes, fe- we, it,
1: does, it feels like about, that. Yeah, it really is. It feels is. like that. Yeah. 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 You would, you, yeah. We will go there. Yeah. Um, but but what again? What I love is it's. There, there's the Meisner School right there, and to have had a small part in helping Alquistis learn the things she needed to learn, and and help her figure out the things she needed to do to start that studio. Uh, that's that's the work that the Meisner Institute is doing. Is really, I think the most important thing.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and what? Uh, so any? I always give the guests the last word. Yeah. Uh, so any. It can be something, uh, future plans, anything else you wanted to say, something profound, or it can be absolutely nothing at all.
1: <laughs> I, um, oh God, that's a really, um, I, I'm grateful that, um, we're, we're just taking our time talking, Sam, mm. um, I love to tell stories i love I love all that stuff, but there's um, there's an interesting connection with you yeah. and 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 again, I think doing the Meisner work allows us to be able to relax into that you know most times we would never have this in in you know because in real life you kind of you know we'd look away we'd you know be polite and um so this is. This is the most, this is the best moment of the, of the thing is mm. just looking at, you know, you, you got this, these eyes and I'm just, I'm just going, wow, this is, this is a guy, this is Sam. Mm. And, uh, and, and this is, this is what I want to spend my life with is being able just to look someone in the eyes and then being able to look at me and, mm. and we're, we're okay with that and we're, and we're, we're letting that and go, go wherever it's going to go. I wish so much we had a scene right now because I think we'd, we'd go right into whatever that was. Really. Yeah, so go into the scene. <laughs> yeah, 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 go ahead. Go, ahead go, go, go into the scene. Yeah, go ahead. Start talking.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting what you said earlier about taking it to the next level. I really do feel like this has just been a seamless podcast. Like I, I just feel like it's just been this smooth ride since you've sat down here. Right. So the energy's just been good the entire time and the connection. And yeah, I'm really grateful that, especially, again, for people that don't live in los angeles it never rains like this ever <laughs> it's it's pouring out there it's thunder probably some lightning and you drove through the hills to come to north hollywood so i, I, up, I really appreciate i
1: grew it. up in oklahoma where we had tornadoes every other that week. is true so i grew
0: up in illinois So you yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can't complain here about anything i know because it's going to be about 10 months of sunshine yeah. after this so right. well scott thank you so much again uh Safe travels uh, wherever you're going next. Is there is there other future plans
1: for the miser institute uh, right now? We uh, go back to Egypt next year for sure. They've had a great. I mean, uh, so many great stories about Egypt. That's on my to do list. Um, I mean. they they are. It's it's special there. So Egypt is on the in, on the on the travel list. China, getting back there. Um, I may have some Russians coming this summer again. the Ukraine thing is really gummed up stuff with with them mm. but uh there's a good chance we'll get some some russians here in, in in la and make some films in any interest hey um somebody say films <laughs> I, that's what i told him i said if you come to la we'll make films yeah <laughs> i i want to make stuff so yeah i want i do too yeah, whoever's involved yeah uh I, I that's my my word for the for the year is uh is uh create yeah um, i'm we, we can go to class a lot but at some point we got to start telling the stories um and so um uh, i just this this morning uh was watching five films that i made with some uh these german meisner students in in germany last year wow and they they just finished in five short films they're not the great you know they're they're not gonna win any oscars but they were beautiful little stories that we told um and we were on zoom watching the films together and so that's that's what is on. That's. I'm hoping when I see you in 2024, I'm going to say, hey, look, look what we created this, yeah. this year. Create over consume. Yeah. yeah. You know? Absolutely. So, Absolutely.
0: Scott. All right, man. Thank you, my friend. There'll be more conversations. There will. But uh, thank you so much. Very blessed you came on. And uh, here's to creating in the All future. Right. All right.
1: I give my heart to you.
0: I'll take it. And I give mine right back. (laughs) Thank you, Scott. All right, thank you. Thanks for checking out the Sam Dever podcast. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you watch the podcast, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at the Sam Dever podcast.